Good morning, good morning. It's Brenda Eshen Shoshana. Back with another episode of Zen Wisdom for your everyday life. I don't know what what other kind of life it would be. Every day. Every breath life. Anyway, good morning. How are you? The first day after the so-called end of summer. You know, it always amazed me as soon as it Labor Day passed. Okay, summer's over. Boom, boom, boom. As if summer could ever be over. As if all of a sudden we pronounce it and that's that. So even if the weather is warm and sunny and beautiful, it's not summer anymore. Look how our thoughts so profoundly and our beliefs and our images define our experiences. Whoa. Okay, it's spring, so even if it's snowing, so what? It's still spring time. We say it may be springtime officially. And we might even look for a bud of a flower blooming in the midst of the snow if we think, if we imagine, if we say it's springtime. Wow. These ways of thinking so much define what we will do, what we experience. What we believe is happening is actually very, 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 very shocking. Shocking in so many ways. However, here we are, and this day is just another day. And I don't mean just to to make it sound like it's not a beautiful, exquisite, important moment. Rain is falling here in New York. Zazen is happening. You know, I someone said something to me the other day. We were having a discussion, and I wanted to base this podcast around this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful teaching or saying. I was talking about a situation, and the person said, do you have the right to hope for that, which is actually a quote from the Talmud. Do you have a right? And I thought, what kind of, what? I was so struck with this comment. And then he described, he said, say a man is in the, on the water, on the lake, and he, he's, he's lost something and he wants to get it back. And the tides are going and he's constantly, constantly rowing, rowing after this object which keeps on being tossed and turned by the different currents and it's leaving, leaving, it's far, far away but he's still hoping to retrieve this object despite all the conditions that are appearing and the question comes do you have the right to hope for that, that that will happen? In other words, the question means do you let's look at what we hope for it's not a matter of we have the right or not because of course hope arises even if we know it's springtime and it's snowing we still we still hope that a flower will appear in the midst of the snow but this this comment really goes to as i hear it the very nature of reality itself and the very nature of our 
hope. I'm hoping against hope. We hear that a lot. I'm hoping to retrieve something that might be, but seem to be irretrievable. And I think of that because summer's over, the next phase is starting, a new season is starting, whatever. But we always want to go back and retrieve something, or we want to get something that looks like it's coming up down the road. And we're always hoping, hoping for something. That itself, that word is so powerful for me. Hoping. Much of our life is dictated by what we're hoping for. Or it's organized in that way, just like the summer, the spring. We organize it around what we want and what we hope will happen. And we'll put all our focus, our energy, our time, and our heart. Our heart goes into what we what we think we've lost, what we want to gain. And in a way, this statement, as I heard this story from the person, this statement kind of obliterates what's happening right now. The man going against all the tides and currents to retrieve that so-called irretrievable object, he is determined to overcome, so to speak. I'm going to overcome all the conditions of the world around me and I'll get that back again. And the question comes, does he have a right to hope for that? That's so interesting. Does he have a right to blot out reality, to overlook, to try to overcome all the conditions that have come between him and what he wants? How interesting that question is. How interesting because it points to another way of being completely and a way that would not be something that would end us up in so much sense of frustration, disappointment, and pain, 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 pain. When we do lose something that seems irretrievable because maybe a storm came, maybe conditions, maybe whatever came to take that away from us, when we do lose it, there's such grieving and sorrow and we feel like we failed or we feel we have bad fate or bad karma. Whatever, we, whatever thoughts we conjure up about this condition. And maybe we'll try again and maybe we'll, we'll go forward looking for it in some other way rather than, and when I say being fully with the conditions, seeing what's in front of us, and accepting the conditions. Now, when I say accepting the conditions, people say, well, sometimes you have to fight negative conditions. But we have to be, see what they are truly, truly see them. By accepting them, it doesn't mean, well, this is right or this is wrong. It means seeing, knowing fully what kind of a storm is in front of us. What the reality is, what the likelihood is, what is really going on. Now, I'm not saying that not to try very hard to attain whatever you might wish to attain, if that's important, of course. But the real attainment, the deeper attainment from my perspective, and I think from the perspective of that question, the real attainment isn't to 
retrieve something that's necessarily over or to be furious about it or to be sad about it, but to be fully with what is being presented right now, right here. That's what I mean by accept it. I mean to embody it, to know it, to see it. You know, so many of us refuse to accept life itself. Now, that's just the truth. It's the truth. If something happens where there's an irretrievable loss or an unexpected situation comes, we'll, we could spend years trying to understand it, beating ourselves up over it, beating someone else up over it. I mean, it becomes truly a defining characteristic of our everyday life. Rather than cultivate the ability to be with what is and take the next step forward, not constantly be grasping at something that's gone or something that hasn't yet come. Take one step, the next step, appropriate steps in attaining something if that's necessary, of course, or you deserve, you want to have that, of course. But beyond the appropriate steps, there's a whole world of inner chaos that comes out. I've got to get that. If I don't get that, life isn't worth living or I can't lose that. So the question comes, do you have the right to hope for that? And what it just means is much better to let go of hope in that sense. Let go of clinging. Doesn't mean not to do what needs to be done, but not to reject what's really here now is what that means. Hope means wanting something else. Now, this is, should not be mistaken to mean that we don't do everything we, that's appropriate, that's right, that's natural. To find an object, to hold on to an object when, it, when, we, when it's still time to have that object. But very often the tides do come and the time is up. The time might be over. Like autumn comes, spring comes, the summer is over. It might be not just that we're declaring it's over, but life itself might take something away or might not bring something we want because it's time for something else. There is a, a different kind of timing in the universe and when we sit in Zazen, we are connecting to that timing, the timing of our breath. Breath comes in, breath goes out. We don't breathe it, we are, we are breathed. When we just stop all our demanding, the breath be this way, the breath be that way. And we allow ourselves to be breathed, to just breathe. And as Dogen Zenji said very beautifully, let a long breath be long. Let a short breath be short. How beautiful. Mm. Allow. Allow the one who is breathing to breathe you as, as it does. Now, there are yoga practices and many practices which try to alter or control or change the breathing. That's, that's something different. But Zen practice is to just be with the way it is and embody it, accept it, taste it. Go with it, so to speak. Allow it. 
I may say this over and over again in many different forms because it's very, very, very challenging in some ways to actually be able to do that because we're so conditioned to hope, to cling, to demand, to insist, to search. That's our conditioning. And it takes us out of sync with the natural rhythms of morning and night, receiving and losing, having and not having. These are natural rhythms, day and night, sunrise, sunset. These are natural, natural rhythms of our lives. And when we don't fight them or try to control them or distort them, then not only our breathing, but our experience of our lives and our experience of our very precious relationships changes enormously, completely. And we enter another domain. I would call it the, dom the, dom the domain of oneness or of love. We enter it naturally. You know, I want to say I have a new book coming out. I hope it'll be out by the end of the month. Um, should be. It's called The Unshakable Road to Love, Value-Centered Relationships. It's very, even writing it was such an adventure for me in the whole program. I'm, I will <clears throat> offer it in the podcast too. I'll, I'll work with sections of it every week. But, but this is based on the teachings, <coughs> excuse me, the scriptures of all the world, not just Zen, but Zen, of course, is included, but all the world scriptures, when you go deeply into each one and take the heart of it, the deep wisdom for how to be in relationships and with ourselves, with another, with life, and they're very, very powerful. And this is what the program is filled with, value-centered relationships based on much deeper values than the ones we're conditioned with. And when you use those and apply them directly in your relationships, well, you can't upset. I've seen it. And conflict just dissolve right on the spot, on the spot. <coughs> Almost impossible to be upset. Because we're entering the way of love, the way of oneness, the way of healing, it's palpable. It's palpable. And, and, and maybe in some sense we look more deeply at what, although we don't never think of it this way, but do I have a right? We have a right if it comes up, but another way of saying it, does it make sense to hope for this? What am I doing to my energy, to my life, to my inspiration? It's a koan. It's a koan, and I, I love sharing it with you because it means so much to me. You know, one of the things I learned in my practice um, at where I was trained at the Zen Study Society, I, I think I've mentioned this, but I'll say it again anyway before we finish for today. We, I, I think I told you that on Thursday nights, which was the night for new students, um, every Thursday night, a different senior student, just someone who'd been around longer, 
gave a talk to the brand new students who were just arriving. And that was such a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful night. It was great practice for the senior students. It was wonderful for the new students to hear from another student, from someone who they could relate to, <clears throat> who had come fairly recently, a few years, whatever it was at that point. And but the instruction, the the instruction that the senior students were given when they gave their talk, when they presented whatever they could of their practice, was never, never talk about anything that you yourself have not experienced. It's not about theories. It's not about philosophy or ideas. It's your experience that we want to know. That's a very deep teaching and powerful instruction because when you personally have experienced it it becomes alive and real and that's why this wonderful question do you have a right is it wise to hope for this or that that question goes right to your own experience it's not about a theory or a philosophy. It's about seeing directly into your own life. So anyway, I guess it's time now to close for today. Thank you so much for listening. How quickly the time flies away, right? Boom, boom. Anyway, if the, the, the URL for this podcast is zenwisdomtoday.com. And the email, if you want to contact me for any purpose, is topspeaker at yahoo.com. And thank you very much for listening. Be well. Bye-bye.